Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. So many good things on a Sunday that you can't get it all in. You can't take it all in, so why not double up on a Monday? So I like the idea, except in theory. In theory, it's great. I can't say, though, in practice, in practicality, the last two weeks on MNF have been all that awesome or really even remotely exciting. I don't know why the games have to run at the same time, except last night it worked out. Last night, that was a good thing, because if we had to watch those two games back-to-back, that would have made for a long, long night. That would have made for an eternity. It was actually a good thing that they staggered them and had them at the same time. Like, I'll give Joe Burrow and the Bengals this much. They did what they needed to do. It wasn't pretty. In fact, to get right down to it, in a lot of cases, it was pretty hideous. But they were under more pressure than any other team last night, and they went out and they got it done. They accomplished their mission. Mission being, avoid 0-3. Mission being, avoid 0-3 with a hobbled Joey B. Ideally, avoid 0-3 without Burrow further bleeping up that already bleeped up calf. And Cincinnati did succeed in doing so. They made it out of that game one and two, and no significant pro setbacks. I can hear the sighs of relief coming from the the Natty all the way out here in Orange County. All that said, Joey Burr is kind of a rough watch right about now. Now, all the credit in the world for putting himself out there. He knew they couldn't go to 0-3. He's not himself. He's not 100%. Joe Cool, though, right now is more like Joe Cold because of that. He simply does not look like himself or anything close to himself. And the Bengals' offense does not look like itself. But that did not stop him from slinging it 49 times last night. Ugly as it was for most of that game, you got to give this guy credit for grinding it out, for staying in the fight, for gutting it out. Was it worth it? Was the risk worth it to Cincinnati? Well, obviously, yes, because they won. And dropping to 0-3 with a busted-up quarterback would have been a total disaster. So I would say, yes, it certainly was worth the risk. And even Joe himself would agree. There is risk to to go out there and uh, potentially re-injure it, but there's also a risk to go out there and be 0-3. So um, I I wanted to be out there for, for my guys and... You know, I was confident that I would be able to do what I needed to, to to get the win. Thing is, you never, ever want to play games with the health of a dude that you just signed to a $275 million contract, especially that team throwing around that kind of money. But that $275 million quarterback was never going to be cool with holding a clipboard and watching his team fall to 0-3. So, yes, it was a big risk, but it paid off. And Cincinnati eventually put together enough plays to pull away. The question is, is this the way it's going to be all year long? Is this where it's going to be week to week? Is that injury going to be chronic? Is that going to linger? Is it always going to be like that? Well, if so, it's a good thing they've got the defense that they have. Major assist from my main dude, Lou Anarumo. I'll ask the same question right now that I ask every single year. Why doesn't my dude Lou... Get more love. Why doesn't my dude Lou have a head coaching job already? He looks like a head coach. 
He acts like a head coach. He talks like a head coach. He coaches like a head coach. He's a freaking boss. He should be a head coach. Mad scientist named Lou Anarumo. That's it. My man Lou. Except Bengal fans certainly is not complaining that he is still there D.C. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing, especially with Joe banged up. Big lose defense. Sacked Mr. Kelly Blabford six times last night. Held the Rams to one of 11 on third down. Snagged a couple of picks. They also just pushed the Rams around in the trenches all night long. Essentially, what I'm saying is the Bengals have their defense to thank for that win last night. They have Big Lou to thank for that win last night. And if Joe's not right, and he's not going to be right because of the calf, and this is what's going to happen this year, we're going to need to see a hell of a lot more of that from that defense all season long. They're going to need the defense to pick up that great offense if Joe's not right. That may not be a one-off. Since his defense looked great, it looked great, but not quite good enough to cover the spread. Do you feel me? Yes, the push king, my man, Sean McVay, was at it again last night. Although at least he didn't kick any unnecessary field goals this time around. So thankfully, we will not have to sit through any more word salad pressers about how he has no idea what the point spread actually was. Yeah, what we were trying to do is we were trying to be able to get a completion to where we kicked a field goal beforehand uh, with the opportunity to be able We were trying to, if we had hit that deep in breaking route, it really would have worked out the way that we wanted to. We were going to try to kick a field goal oh, right once we got into you know, field goal position to then be able to kick an onside and try to give ourselves the opportunity to win the game. Ant By the eaters. time it got down to it, didn't anticipate that. Jim cut that we hit Puka running that long and just said, all right, just go ahead and kick the field goal. Felt like it was an opportunity to be able to you know, not leave Matthew susceptible to an unnecessary heave to the end zone and, and get an Petroleum opportunity for jelly. a field goal operation. But the initial goal was to try to get a two for one to where you end Whatever up you say, my dude. I love Sean McVay. Whatever you say, all I know is you keep jacking up our uh, people's bets. You and that crazy rookie of yours. It is past time for Puka Nakua to get a shout out on this show. Even if he made the backbreaking 37 yard catch to set up that meaningless Rams fourth quarter TD that wrecked the bet. He gets a shout out because that 37 yard catch was his 30th reception of the season already. And no rookie has caught 30 balls in his first three games in the history of the Shield. It's incredible, right? This dude is always open. This dude's always making a one-handed catch, playing dinged up. He just looks like a player. And he could not be off to a better start to his career. And when you consider the Rams are still missing Cooper Cup, it's a pretty damn clutch way to start a career for Puka. So the Bengals looked only aight, and the game was not that great, but they did what they had to do, and pretty much the same might be said about the Elgles. E-L-G-L-E-S-Elgles! The Elgles and the Bucks. E-L-G-L-E-S-Elgles! 
Anyway, we know the Eagles are all about less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, last night, the talent on that front seven clearly did less thinking because their talent took over the game. The Philly offense, on the other hand, still looks a little wonky, a little funky. Let me put it to you this way. Jalen Hurts and this offense still does not look anything like the version that dominated the league last year. However, Coach Rock Paper Sirianni is not concerned. He's not. It's a growth process, right? I, we're not a final product yet. You know, no, one, no one, let me rephrase that. Everybody wants us to be a final product now, but it's a growth. You want to grow every day. And so we're not going to be playing our best football until we get going into the season. We still got things to to work on. We still got growth to do. Um, If you're truly in the mindset of getting better every day, right, if you're truly in that mindset of getting better every day, which I know know that we are on this team, you're going to continue to rise. And you're going to keep getting better. It's a growth? It's a growth. What, like a mole? Like a zit? This dude doesn't sound much more... Thank you, Alvin. This guy's not much better at communicating than James Kelly. I I don't know how it is that he's such a good coach, because he is a good coach. And they obviously respond to him. But he's no more articulate than James Kelly. That sounds like something James Kelly would say doing big head bets. They better be in a growth process because they're definitely not playing their best ball yet. Not offensively. But I will give them this. Their most dominant play from last year still works. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of... Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Their most dominant play from last year is still their best offensive play. It might be the most unstoppable play in the NFL right now. In fact, I think that the Tush Push is becoming a candidate to join the other jungle undefeateds. You know, right there with sex, father time, diarrhea. Diarrhea The Tush Push is freaking money. However... The fake tush push is the opposite of De Niro. The tush push is a candidate to join the undefeateds, but the fake tush push is one of the ugliest plays I have ever seen. They back out. 
backhand hurts trips and gets sacked. They were going to try to throw it after faking that push sneak and then backing out of there. Jalen Hurts tripped. A loss of six on what will go down as a sack for Levante David. I think that's one I would have kept in my bag for at least another week. True. True. Pretty gross. Troy's right. Why would you show that play in the fourth quarter of a sleepy 22-3 to game in Tampa? The fake push had to be the Eagles' secret weapon, right? You got to save that one. Not use it essentially in garbage time. Why would you show anybody that there? Although I guess it was for the best in the end because it was one of the most disgusting plays I've ever seen. I mean, really revolting. Reprehensible. And an insult to the real tush push. You gotta love rock, paper, Sirianni innovating in this wild age of modern football by essentially lining his team up in a rugby scrum and pushing the quarterback forward. Sometimes it is the most simple ideas that are the real genius, or as Sirianni himself would say, less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. It's the truth. That, that is irrefutable. Less thinking does equal talent takeover. Well said, my man. Extremely well said. Now, the silver lining in all of this, and there is some, the fake tush push was the ugliest scene from Monday night. That's it. That was the worst thing. So that's a major sigh of relief. In other words, we didn't have an iconic quarterback have their season and a franchise-ending injury. We didn't get that. Nobody's body parts got bent in a way so gruesome that the network had to show some human decency and say there will be no replays. We didn't get that. The worst thing that happened was the Eagles took that tush push and made a terrible sequel that nobody asked for. That sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Ah, that's what it reminds me of. I had it in my back of my mind. I couldn't quite get my head around it. Like I knew that reminded me of something. The Eagles took a classic and defiled it in a way that is frankly unforgivable. The only people that didn't hate it were the Bucks. Stop messing with the classics. People saw that fake tush push and they started throwing up all over themselves like my kids did when they went to the theater and they saw Space Jam 2. It's a gross. I'm like, Logan, 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 get to the bathroom. This woman in front of Logan, he puked in her hair. She turned around, she screamed. It was incredible. I'm like, hey, it's not the kid's fault. All right? Did you see Space Jam 1? Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? What it is is farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, 
Honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, all these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Make sure to use the code 50Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Now we're talking so much about the Jets since. And I know the Jets are going to jet. But even for the Jets, this got really, really ugly. Really, really fast. Three and a half weeks ago, we're talking about them being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Fast forward to yesterday, and we had to sit through Bob Sala telling us that Zach Wilson is, quote, much improved. Quote, not the reason we lost to the Patriots. And, quote, our unquestioned quarterback. End of quote. Yeah, I don't know, coach. I think I would like to question that. Even though you said he's the unquestioned quarterback, I myself would very much like to question that. In fact, I would like to question all of that. Because, of course, Zach Wilson should not be your unquestioned quarterback. He shouldn't even be your questioned quarterback. He shouldn't be your quarterback at all. And, of course, they lost Sunday because of this dude. And, of course, he isn't, quote, much improved. He also actually said he thinks that Zach is playing fantastic. He's not, and he's not much improved. He's not improved at all, (laughs) not by any discernible metric. He might actually be worse. And as obvious as this all is, you don't even have to take it from me. I mean, we all know it. We all know it. But take it from the most legitimate of all sources. The one Jet quarterback who actually has earned the right to say whatever the hell he wants, whenever the hell he wants. Of course, I'm talking about Broadway Joe. And believe me, Joe knows that. Because Joe pretty much does say whatever the hell he wants, whenever the hell he wants. Why does anybody do anything? Because they can. But especially this guy when it comes to the Jets. Now, remember Joe Namath was slinging lava on the X all day long Sunday while the Jets melted down and they lost to the hood man for the 15th time in a row. And remember how Joe was calling for everybody's head. Yeah, well, clearly my man woke up yesterday and thought, wow, that was some kind of bender. I really regret that. I really regret my actions. I really regret what I did. I regret that I didn't go even further. I regret that I didn't do more, say more, thumb out more. Let me trade in the keyboard lava for some real vocal nuclear missiles. So Joe calls into the Jets' flagship station and proceeded to set the entire organization on fire. Of course, more than anything else. Or anyone else, he was all over the Coog Hunter. And if you didn't know, Joe Namath is not a fan of quarterbacks spinning themselves into the ground and sacking themselves. You sit down, 
You sit down on the play, you go right down? What happens? I thought you're trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play? You, what is going on? It, 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 it's disgusting. It's disgusting. disgusting. What is going on? You quit on a play. I mean, damn. Get loose, legend. My man has not been this out of pocket since he tried to land one on Susie Colbert back in the day. Thanks, Joe. Which, which is kind of ironic because there is no better audio drop to describe Zach Wilson right now than Joe's infamous struggling. Although I'm going to say that disgusting that he dropped yesterday is pretty damn close. Disgusting. It's in the same category. It's in the same class. It's in the same zip code. It's good. Disgusting. In fact, you get right down to it. Disgusting really is a great word to describe the entire experience, the entire Coog Hunter experience at quarterback or his attempt to play quarterback. It is disgusting. And if that wasn't harsh enough, here is Joe Willie just straight up giving up on the kid. Send him to Kansas City to back up against somebody like Mahomes. Maybe he'd learn something. I wouldn't keep him. You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. All right? I've seen enough. Has quick feet, can throw a little bit, but I don't believe what's going on up there. He said, send him to Kansas City and let him back up Patrick Mahomes and let him learn something. Except he was backing up Aaron Rodgers, ain't learned nothing. All right. But preach, Joe. I think Joe speaks for pretty much everybody when he says, quote, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. I've seen enough. He speaks for absolutely everybody, except for the people pulling a paycheck at one Jets drive, apparently. And don't get this twisted. Broadway Joe was coming for them, too. And by them, I mean everybody at One Jets Drive. This dude does not just want the Coog Hunter run out of town. He wants the entire place cleared out. He wants everybody broken off. He wants everybody iced. He wants everybody whacked. Get rid of them all. How can a coach say the locker room's together? How many teams have we been on? Are you telling me there aren't some cats on the defensive side saying, whoa, man, what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's not all harmony in the locker room. And if there is, they need to get rid of the people. You got to get people in there that are competitors and want to fight to win. These guys don't have to be in love with each other. And if, they, if they're saying they're in love with each other, they're BSing you. And you got to get rid of them, top to bottom. Incredible. I mean, that's incredible. He's like, don't tell me there aren't cats on that defense that don't have an issue with this. And if they don't have an issue with this, get rid of them. Because they have to have an issue with this. He was asked to clarify after that answer, and he made it clear. He's also calling for the heads of Bob Sala and Joe Douglas. He's ready to rip the plug out of the wall on the entire organization. Top to bottom. I mean, damn. ESPN New York with that. What a difference three and a half weeks can make, huh? I mean, some of that, a lot of that, pretty wild comments. But a lot of that I agree with. I think most people agree with a lot of that. For instance, 
I mean, firing Robert Receipts and Joe Douglas right now would be crazy. But look at it this way. Joe Douglas, who I think highly of, was the one who drafted the Coug Hunter with the second overall pick. And if you want to check the receipts that Bob says he's keeping, the receipts show he has a 12-25 and 25 career record. So they're far from untouchable. They certainly aren't untouchable as far as my dude Broadway Joe is concerned. So Bob and Joe might really be willing to die on that Zach Wilson Hill. It sounds like it, right? But Joe Namath sure as hell isn't. And I wouldn't either. And no, I don't think the Jets need to fire everybody today. But I'm also not going to say that Joe Namath is out of line. Because he's Joe bleeping Namath. He can say and do whatever he wants because the guy won a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. Enough said. Enough said. He's got like an exemption, a lifetime exemption to say or do whatever he wants regarding that football team because he won that football team, of all teams, a Super Bowl. And I don't want to hear Bob Sala clapping back at Joe Willie with any of this receipts nonsense. Joe is carrying the ultimate receipt. The one where he guaranteed a win over the Colts in the Super Bowl as an enormous underdog and then delivered while playing for the Jets. So you don't want to be throwing that around, Bob. I'm not saying that Sala and Douglas have to go. I'm not saying that. But I will say they should probably listen to the legend and get off of Coog Hunter Hill before they die on that hill. You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. You may have seen enough of Zach Wilson, but I have not heard nearly enough of Joe Namath. I could listen to that all day long. My man was feeling it. How can you not appreciate the fire? All right. Adam Schefter tweets, Fresh news. Apparently they were listening. Jets are planning to add to their quarterback room veteran QB Trevor Simeon. Disgusting. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) He started one game last year for the Bears. Lost out to Jake Browning for the Bengals' backup job this season. Yeah, I don't think the problem is solved. I think that's disgusting. Disgusting. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. We are joined by Megatron, Calvin Johnson. My man, it is great to chop it up with you once again, especially via Zoom. Calvin, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, John. Great to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. It is so good to see you. Great to have you back. You look great. Hey, listen, for me, having you crash my Zoom interview with Randy Moss was a legendary moment for me in the program. But, dude, be real with me. For you, was it just a case of you trying to get your dude to wrap up that conversation so you guys could finish up your round? 
<laughs> you know, Randy and them, they was in front of us, you know. So they was, you know, Randy over here doing his zoom. They were slowing us down, slowing down the pace of play. I feel like we we're like a half hour behind. But it wasn't Randy's fault. That's my dog, man. And uh, Randy's just handling business, man. I was just happy to see him out there uh, swinging the clubs with us. We had a good time. I thought that was great. In fact, not to get all weird about it, but it was kind of a goosebump, goosebump moment to see you two dudes together, even for a few seconds. What's it like when you two guys come together on a golf course and spend some time together? How competitive does it get? And is there any nice side action going on? <laughs> the competitive juice is always flowing. But, man, for me, I'm like a kid, a kid in a candy shop. You know, when I'm going to these events, you know, it's actually Charles Haley's uh, uh, charity event out in uh, Dallas. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to see the guys and hang out, play golf with the guys that I looked up to, man. So uh, for him and Randy just to, you know, take me in and, and, you know, always be mad cool. And we always have good conversation, you know, whenever we're around with each other, man. So he's one of the best, man, and one of the best uh, personalities, too. I think you nailed it. He is mad cool, man. He is mad cool. He is a tremendous personality. Calvin Johnson joining us. You mentioned that, hey, listen, I, I've talked to so many guys that look up to you. It's interesting to hear you say you like getting around guys that you kind of looked up to. Who are some of the guys that you see when you get out there that you admire, that you really looked up to, that you want to spend some time with other than Randy Moss? I'm curious. Man, you, you see like guys like, like LT, um, John Randall. You know, I'm a, obviously I'm a big fan of defensive players, but you know, obviously, you know, you got Tim Brown, Jerry Rice is out there. Uh, I, mean, I can keep going on and on. Um, obviously, our new guys, Marcus Ware, uh, Zach Thomas just went in, Ron Day. Um, who, I mean, uh, uh, Jesus. Um, Carmichael, Harold Carmichael. I mean, the guys that I looked up who they looked up to. You know, that's what makes that, that, that that's so special to get around those events is just to see the different levels, the different legends, you know, from the different time periods of the game. And just to, you know, sit back and see the conversations and the stories and how, how they don't change that much, you know, just really with time. Calvin Johnson joining us because I'm an old head. I know a lot of those guys, and I've interviewed a lot of those guys and spent time with a lot of those guys. I love hearing those names. John Randall, to me, man, I used to love John Randall. He was such an amazing player. And then you'd get him on the show, and he'd just like play it real straight. And then we'd get off the air, and he'd go back to being John Randall, man. Like, my man could talk a lot on the field and was a great player, but they'd be kind of chill on the show. Love Tim Brown. Man, I love Tim Brown. LT, of course, is LT. Calvin, like so many guys that I talk to, when I talk to DBs, I say, like, who were the toughest covers? Who are the guys that gave you all you could handle? Your name is always one of the first names to come up. If I were to turn that on its head, who were some of the guys that brought out the very best in you, some of the best corners that you went up against? Um, Man, I'll start here. You know, I'll start with the corner that helped me get my mindset. I feel like where it needed to be. Uh, you know, to play in the NFL. And so my rookie year, I was introduced to Al Harris. You know, I had to play him twice a year and up in Green Bay. And Al, man, he was just so physical, so aggressive, long arms, get your hands in your face. The referee would never call it. You know, I'm just like, okay, this is what I got to go against. This is this is, this is is the level of competition. This is what I got to deal with. Okay, I'm going to get my mind right so I can deal with this. And, you know, I went into my second or my first offseason uh, and, and trained with a mindset of just, you know, just, you know, just trying to – unleash uh, Wonder Dog and really just try to perfect my craft so that, you know, when I'm dealing with these guys with the long arms, you know, my technique can um, can um, come to, to uh, the forefront, you know, when I get into these uh, situations under duress. 
So if you're Megatron and you're talking about how physical a corner was with you, that speaks to how physical Al Harris was. I respect that. You know, when you talk about some of the all-time greats, I know you spent time recently with Barry Sanders. You were there September 17th for the unveiling of his statue at Ford Field. This dude truly was one of one. How special was it to be there for the event? And then what do you admire most about Barry as a man and as a player? It was special to be at the event because, you know, it's so deserved. You know, I wish I could have been uh, back in the Silverdome back in the day when you just hear the chance of, you know, very, very, because we got a glimpse of it this past Sunday or, or when they had the, um, their first home game um, uh, a week or two ago, you know, the crowd. I, I bet it's reminiscence of the time when he was at the Silverdome, just very, very. And, you know, to speak of the human being, you know, just as humble as can get, you know, um, he'd rather pass on the praise, but he's going to put in all the work. You know, that's the kind of guy that, you know, you you, you have the utmost, kind of, utmost respect for. Megatron, Calvin Johnson joining us. I'm glad you mentioned that home opener. Dude, I thought it was awesome. Awesome to see you on the field for that home opener. How did that feel to you? And you and I talked about this the last time we talked. How did it feel to you? And then how would you describe where things stand between you and the organization right now? Uh, you know, it's always it's always a great feeling to go back, step out on there on that field, you know, where you put in time and work and uh, just to see the fans and, you know, just to have that interaction once again with the fans. You know, it's always a good feeling. It's, the energy is great in Detroit and the place is deafening, uh, you know, when, when the legends come back and step on the field. So it's just it's truly just an appreciation of the the, the fans that we have uh, we have here in Detroit, man. Calvin, I've always um, said it. With yeah. the Lions, though, um, yeah, yeah. we're working we're working towards we're, we're in the process of. Uh, working to get in a better place, and I can appreciate uh, the fact that you know, uh, you know, there uh, I've been working with uh, you know Mike Desner over there a lot, and and just trying to you know rebuild that relationship, you know. So um, I'm, I'm I'm just going to try to step up and do my part, and uh, and just uh, be available, I guess. Great to hear it. And sorry to interrupt you. We're talking to Calvin Johnson. You know, I've always said this, Calvin. Like it might be hockey town. Detroit might be hockey town. I've always maintained this. Man, that is such a great football town. It's a football town at its heart. They are so hungry to win in football do you like what you've seen from the team so far we'll learn more about the team on Thursday night when they play Green Bay but do you like what you've seen so far this year and what has stood out to you so far I love what I see and I'm gonna tell you why I love what I see from the team obviously Dan you know former teammate of mine you know I love the guy played with him um, seeing his maturity and his growth um, through the ranks while he's been coaching. But more so than that, he's surrounded himself with, with, I feel like, great player coaches, coaches that have had success in the league in different places. And, uh, that, you know, obviously that played ball. And I feel like for the player, I had a player coach in Sean Jefferson when I was uh, being coached there in, in Detroit for at least half my career. And I know um, that player as a player, I'm more inclined to try to gobble up every tidbit that you're going to give me, uh, especially when you've been out there and you've done it and you have a track record. Kevin, one thing before I ask you about your company, one thing about Dan Campbell, like as a coach, as a coach, man, he's an outlier. Like he's a wild man as a coach. But as a teammate, was he just another guy that was really intense or was he even a wild man amongst amongst alphas and intense guys in the locker room? I think that you that little bit of the, you know you get a little bit of that wild man in some of those interviews. That oh yeah, you got that on Sunday. You got that from um, Dan when he was playing. But obviously, you got a a more contained uh, uh, specimen now that we're dealing with, more, more mature 
and like I said, I hope he has, hope, I hope he has a, a whole ton of success here. Guy's incredible. Calvin Johnson joining us. So bring us up to date about your company. Bring us up to date. Company is called Primitive Performance. It's a company that you and your Lions teammate Rob Sims started. What can you tell us about the company for those who don't know, and how fast has it been growing? I think, you know, we got into um, this space. We dropped the brand in 21, uh, really just trying to focus on the healing powers of the plant. That's in our mission, just really trying to elevate it and create new innovative ways for people to consume uh, the cannabis plant. In this particular, we're just talking about uh, CBD. And uh, we're able to bring uh, four different cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBN, and CBC to folks to improve quality of life through, you know, just really trying to curb inflammation and uh, chronic pain through everyday use or whatever you're doing on the everyday, maybe that brings you uh, that chronic pain or inflammation that you have. We have a solution for that. Um, and that's our transdermal topical cream uh, that we that we're bringing to the market. And what's special about it is that it features a great delivery system and nanotechnology. And what's special about that is just a, it's just part of the particle size being so small that it mainly bypasses the intestinal system and gets into the bloodstream, making it more bioavailable to the user. So we're very excited. We've been having, having a lot of great reviews um, to the point where we're, we're actually going through NSF uh, certification for sport um, in order to put ourselves in a situation to enter locker rooms both collegially and on a professional level. So um, that's how, uh, you know, how we feel about our product, how confident we are in our product. Not only do we have that topical cream, which one is my favorite, but we are offering a, a rehydration solution too, what we call ORS, or oral rehydration solution, which is just when you think uh, all the rehydration solutions you see out here in a powder form, imagine that um, with uh, cannabinoids inside of it. So like I said, we're just trying to target inflammation uh, internally and superficial, superficially for folks in turn, just building a better quality of life. Calvin, very clearly, you are not just lending your name to the process. You sound like you are all in. You've got a command of the product itself. I mean, clearly, you have a passion for this. What are your work days like, and where did this passion come from? Uh, passion came from, you know, myself using, interacting with the cannabis plant. Obviously, we're talking CBD with the primitive performance, but... You know, we grew up and I grew up on the Bible Belt down south and, you know, cannabis was it was taboo growing up. You know, I didn't touch it. I had my, I had my first experience in college, didn't really mess with it. And until I really got to the league where my increase, more of my, where my uses increased, mainly because of what was uh, prescribed and what was mainly available for us were opioids. I knew from 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 uh, examples from whether it was a uh, friend's family that I had seen growing up. Um, what that can do to your body. And I knew that I didn't need that happening to my body, especially being in a professional sport where, you, where, where your, your health of your body was everything. So I just wanted to focus on putting natural things into my body. Cannabis was a natural thing. It might not have been the best way to consume it and smoking it, but it did allow me to recover. And that was everything. If I could sleep, if I could recover, I could get back and go tomorrow, the next day um, at full speed. That's what that was everything. I could, if I could recover and get this inflammation down, a lot of that happens through sleep. You know, so uh, being able to uh, sleep was a big part of it for me. And through that, you know, I was like, man, like there's more to this than what everybody's saying. But it wasn't until I had a, a, I tried it in a different application in a topical form. You know, I was on the Dancing with the Stars show. I was about to quit like three weeks in. And my buddy, I was talking to my buddy that lived out there that I went to tech with. Um, he was in the um, film or production industry. And I was like, man, I got to quit the show because I can't move. My ankles are swelling up like they did when I played. You know, I got to try to swell my knees. I can't move. I can't keep up with this little dance partner I got and do all these things she wants me to do. And he brought me a topical the next day and I started to use the topical over the next week. I saw my swelling subside and I'm like, holy crap. You know, this there, there's really something into this. There's healing powers into in, in, in this product that you know nobody's talking about because of the taboo 
um, behind cannabis right now. So that was the aha moment. And the way Canada, the, the industry was going, you know, Colorado, California, states were starting to come online. And I was just like, man, if I get an opportunity, you know, I love to uh, try to build a team out. And obviously, it's, it's, it hasn't been all roses. Obviously, there's been ups and downs. But, you know, to, to today, we've been in this uh, in the cannabis industry for over a handful of years. And like I said, we started our CBD line in 21. So we've had we've had a lot of success uh, thus far and we're, we're still growing. Calvin Johnson joining us. Some quick follow. You said you were going to quit Dancing with the Stars. Dude, you're Megatron. Have you ever quit anything? And was that show that challenging physically? What was that like? See, that's what they don't tell you coming in. They get you with all the glitz and glamour, but they don't tell you, you know, you, you got six hours a day that you're putting in. And it's literally, for me, it's like doing a footwork or ladder drill for like six straight hours, at least three hours a day. You just like constant uh, quick foot uh, or agility work. And, you know, but it, it is truly um, rewarding, though, because you get to see a whole other side of yourself. I never danced. The main reason I went on the show is because my sister said I couldn't dance. I'm like... All right, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So, <laughs> really, that's really the main reason I went on because I, I told him no a bunch of times, and then my sister started talking trash, and I was like, "All right, let me go ahead and get up in here to the finals and show you." I love it. <laughs> All right, so if people want more information on the product, where do they go to get that information? Uh, go to primitiveperformance.com. That's primitive spelled without the e at the end. P r i m i t i v performance.com. Check it out. Um, we have a great um, a great product that we are uh, not 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 ashamed to talk about. I like it. Primitiveperformance.com. Check that out. Calvin Johnson, my guest. Calvin, you're a good dude, man. You are the best dude. For you to do the cameo and then chase that a few weeks later by coming on and going full form, really appreciate you, man. Always good to get caught up. Thanks so much for doing that, Calvin. You're the best. Come on, gentlemen. Uh, Randy said he had you on. I had to come holler at you, man. My oh, man. Yeah. We are joined by Jawar Jordan. Jawar, great to have you on. Nice to have you. What's up? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Good to have you. All right, so let me ask you. I know you're deep into your prep for NC State, but if you could go back to that game against Boston College for a moment, I mentioned your effort earned you ACC running back of the week honors. Your team had 582 total yards. You hung over a half a hundred on the Eagles. What was it like to dominate the way you did offensively where everything was clicking? Yes, sir. It just takes back to the spring workouts and – uh ball camp and the preparation and uh, the hard work we put in. And really, like, you can't expect to just go out there and play at your best without those things. So that's that's all that's all what it is about uh, is preparation. So Preparation breeds confidence. Preparation is perfect. Jawar Jordan joining us. You know what? Like, you expect good things to happen every time you take the field. You set the tone with that 33-yard rushing TD to start the scoring. But I want to ask you about that screen pass that went 75 yards that you housed. What's it feel like when the play is developing and in front of you, you see all that grass and space? What's it feel like to be in the middle of that play? Man, it just feels like it's explosive. Uh... I honestly knew the play was going to hit only because we have, like, one of the, uh, the greatest line in the nation. And um, I knew they were going to clear the way for me. And I just did the easy part. I always tell them, like, I always do the easy part. They do the hard part. And I just uh, showed up and made the play. I'll tell you what, it does not surprise me that you described it like that because your coaches paid you the ultimate compliment. They say that you play the game for your team and not for yourself, which is the highest praise for any competitor. So how do you approach leadership with this group? Are you vocal about it, or do you let your actions speak for you? 
honestly, uh, I try to. Uh, I, I'm more of a uh, show by example, but uh, I, I've been trying to do a little bit of both. You know, uh, sometimes the leader needs to be heard, but um, at the same time, you got to show by example as well because you can't just talk about it. You got to do it as well. So I kind of do a little bit of both. Jawar Jordan is joining us. You know, the fact that you're in the top 10 nationally in rushing is even more amazing when you consider that you opened up the 2022 season number four on the depth chart. You knew you yes, could sir. do it, but you needed the opportunity, right? So how did you stay yes, ready sir. and maintain a positive mindset every day while not knowing if and when your time would come? And it's just like some long talk, talks with God, um, just staying, keeping my faith and believing in the opportunity that was, uh, that was presenting itself and um, just staying ready. You know, you never know when your name's going to get called. Uh, I had a lot of great running backs in front of me, so – yeah, but the game of football is, is hard, and uh, injuries happen, transfers do happen. So eventually the opportunity came, and I was just ready for it. Jamar Jordan is joining us. Also, you've got a quarterback who's been around a bit, Jack Plummer, through that screen pass. Yes, he was named the ACC Quarterback of the Week for his play. Louisville is his third school after he spent four years at Purdue, and then last season at Cal. What's he like in mm-hmm. the huddle? Oh man, uh, I've always said it. Uh, Jack is basically another coach on the field, so he just—he's uh, like a field general. Uh, he knows what to do at all times. Uh, he's a great teammate, great leader, and he's just going to deliver. We all believe in him. I'm behind him, so I'm just blessed enough to have a quarterback like Jack. All right, so he's like having a coach on the field. What about your actual coach? I'm a big fan of your head coach, Jeff Brom. When I spoke to him in July. Dude, he told me that you would be the focal point of his offense. And true to his word, mm-hmm. here we are. How intense is he, and how much do you and everybody else know about his playing career and his background? Uh, uh, Coach Jeff Brom, he, he, he's an amazing guy on and off the field. Uh, definitely an intense coach. <laughs> when, it, when he gets there, um, you want to be locked in at all times with him because he's just going to call you out on it. And that's what we want from a coach, uh, call Call it out. If you see something wrong, call it out. And that's what exactly what he does. He's a great leader. Um, yeah, Coach Brom, like, he, he does he does everything very well. And he's a great leader for our team. Hey, what about that? Like you just said, he'll call you out. He's intense. I'm curious, like, where you come out on this? Because there's all this talk about how when you look at the new breed of coaches right now, some of the younger guys, they're so good about building relationships and building rapport. And you got to be careful with today's breed of athlete. I don't know that I buy that. Like, do you personally want to be coached hard? Uh, me, personally, I do like to be coached hard only because it just pushes myself I want to be great, so you know. Sometimes, if you want to be great, uh, you need that. You need that. Uh, you need to be coached hard. So that's what he does. And um, even my running backs coach, he he's, he never gets too comfortable. Uh, even when I'm doing uh, a decent job, he still gets on me about the little things, and uh, he just tries to keep me humble and um, just keep me working. Yeah, I guess as long as you know that like they care about you, they love you, they want to help you improve, and it's not personal, it's fine, right? As long as it's not personal. Right. The question is, how yep. do you make sure that you don't take it personally? Uh, really, it's just like you just have to have thick skin. That's all it's about. Um, at the end of the day, it is tough love, and we know that. And uh, they've shown they've shown both sides of them, 
of they shown like two sides of themselves, like the good side and like I'm a get on you side. So we know it's tough love. So you just have to have thick skin when they get on. I think you're right. I respect that. Tough game, tough love. You do need thick skin. Since you're taking on NC State Friday, it is a short week, so you're probably further along in your preparation than you might ordinarily be on a Tuesday. From what you've seen on the tape, what challenges do you think you'll face from the three and one Wolfpack when you head to Raleigh? Uh, man, they're fast, physical defense. Uh, they have a great uh, linebacker core. So I, I feel like this is going to be a, a, a great opportunity for us running backs in our room uh, to prove that what we can do against their linebackers. You know, they have Wilson, Peyton Wilson, number 11 on their uh, defense. He's probably the best player on their team. And uh, we're just looking for the, uh, forward to the opportunity. Like I said, dude, you are in the prep. Jawar Jordan joining us. You know, given the strong start of the season, your fan base, your fan base, I'm not saying the team, but the fan base is already really hyped for your next home game in two weeks when number 11 Notre Dame comes to Louisville. How are you trying Mm -hmm. to make sure that the main thing is the main thing and keep your focus only on NC State despite all the hype and all the noise around you that everybody's waiting for the Irish? Yeah, we're all excited. I mean, uh... Our our fan base is one of the best, if not the best, in the country. So uh, we we definitely uh, enjoy having them uh, support us, and we're thankful for them. But you know, we just take one week at a time, and we're just focused on NC State and looking forward to being one and zero this week. What about that fan base? What makes them different? What makes them special? What makes them, in your mind, the best in the country? Oh uh, man, they they're loud. Uh, they're loud. They just they support us, even if we lose, win or lose, draw. And you just you just know that they're passionate about this uh this team, this university, this community. Uh, you you go out anywhere and you're gonna find some fans, and they're just a a passionate fan base. Well, you haven't lost yet. You're 4-0 overall. You're 2-0 in conference play. You were the running back of the week, and you're top 10 nationally rushing. Jawar Jordan, my guest, you've got NC State coming up Friday. That's a big one. Jawar, great to have you on the show. Really nice to talk to you. Appreciate the energy. You made it better. Thank you very much. Have a great week, and good luck Friday night. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Chris in Connecticut. Good to have you, Chris. What's up? Uh, This is crazy, Rome, because um, I've never gotten through to you. And um, here's what I want to say. Why don't they just – the Jets should go out and get Colin Kaepernick because and, and, he's better than 16 quarterbacks in this league. All right? Like to send a war out. We're going to war Utah hockey, war Mel getting his son back, and war um, Jim Calhoun getting his dime bag, and war Trapper forever. Because he's Trapper and we're not. War you, Chris. Rack him. That clearly is somebody who's been listening a very long time. Who finally got around to calling. I'm glad you did so before too long. Look at Alvy. Alvy's really happy about that. Did you check out some of the wars? Not a dime back. He wore that. Let's go to Phoenix quickly. Chuck in Phoenix. What a dude, Chuck. How you feeling? Pretty good, pretty good. First of all, Joe Namath has no business being in the, in the Hall of Fame. He throwed 49 more interceptions than touchdowns. But aside from that, 
I want to talk about the Cardinals' quote unquote tank job. If you go back and watch, we were that was a winnable game against Washington. And aside from what happened against New York, yesterday we punched Dallas in the face. And so anyone that wants wants to come to Arizona, you know, when when you step Hey Chuck. I will tolerate one Wii, but not two. Unless you have a pair of pads that I'm unaware of and a jersey and a roster spot, you can't Wii the Cardinals. You don't play for the Cardinals. You can't Wii like you're one of them. I'll let one slide, but not two, Chuck. Sorry. Let's go to Oxnard. CJ in Oxnard. Hey, CJ, how are you? CJ. Yo. Yo, sorry, lost you, lost you there, Vance, for a second. Here I am. Uh, I'm calling about uh, just kind of going to be devil's advocate here about uh, Joe Willie. I, he has every right to talk about the Jets, but I think he's especially butthurt because he already pictured himself prancing around the Super Bowl in his mink coat, getting all kinds of exposure, money from interviews. It would be a big deal. He'd be in the parade, probably. And now as the Jets fade off to oblivion, it's all over. So I think he's butthurt for those reasons. Uh, and I still can't get the image of him and Sue's on the sidelines out of my head. It's uh, almost impossible. And uh, let's see, my last take would be watch out for Colorado once they recruit some big boys to be up front. And then they'll be able to keep up with the dogs. Uh, unwar anyone who calls Romy baby boy. Cringy as hell. Peace and love, Romy. <laughs> My dude. That was great. <laughs> CJ Oxnard. <laughs> like, like, that entire phone call made me laugh. <laughs> Un- Unwar anybody who calls Romney baby boy. That's cringy as hell. It's my man Eddie in NYC. Let's start in New York because he's in market and he's on topic. Right to the front of the line, Mike in New York. Good to have you, Mike. What's up? Hey, Jim. How you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? Good, Jim. I'm a Jet fan for 60 years. I came in because of Joe Namath. I thought that was a classless thing he did yesterday. I love Joe Namath. I named my first son after him. Instead of tearing down the Jets, he should have said something more complimentary. That, you know, hey, Jim, there was enough blame in that loss yesterday for everybody. It wasn't just the quarterback. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the head coach. It was, the, it was Hackett. Football is a game of of making adjustments during the game. The Jets made no adjustments during that game. Give Belichick credit for coming in there with a game plan to stop the Jets' running game and force the kid to beat them. And the Jets made no adjustments to that. They rushed for 37 yards. That was pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. But yet they still hung in the game till the end, uh, Jim. That team didn't quit. I don't know what Joe Namath's talking about. I think he's getting too old and he's lost his mind. My man, Mike. Nice job, Mike. Rack him. Mike in New York saying, I named my kid after Joe Namath. But Joe has gotten too old and he's lost his mind. I I don't know, Mike. I think that he sounded pretty lucid. 
I think he knew what he was talking about. I think you don't agree with him. Good night now!